You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. My special guest today is actress, stand-up comic, filmmaker, best-selling author, and Hollywood screenwriter, Catherine Michon. So she wears a lot of hats in this industry, and we're excited to talk to her about all the wonderful things she does. Uh, we'll come back and talk to her uh, a little bit about her movie, Muffin Top, A Love Story. We'll talk about the upcoming DreamWorks film, A Dog's Purpose. And uh, talk a little bit about her screenwriting, how that works, how the whole process works, and how do you go from uh, writing a uh, writing a script for the movies and getting it produced out there. So got a lot to talk about, a lot of learning to do. We're going to have some fun. Catherine's great to talk to. So we're uh, really excited about having her on today. So everybody hang tight. We'll be back right after these commercial breaks. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hey, everybody. This is Tim Link, the host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Got some exciting news for you here today. My audiobook is now available. Wagging Tells Every Animal Has a Tell is now available in audiobook form through audible.com, amazon.com, and iTunes collection of 32 conversations I've had with the animals. It's a fun, interesting, heartfelt book that's suitable for all age groups. So everybody pick up a copy of the audiobook, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tell. You'll be glad you did. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm with the wonderful, multi-uber-talented Catherine Michon. <laughs> Catherine, welcome to the show. You know, you had me at uber-talented. I don't know. <laughs> that's a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. Oh, well, that's the only way to introduce you because there, there's uh, if somebody asked you, I'm sure today, what do you do for a living or what do you do in life, wouldn't that be hard to, to sort of pinpoint what that is? I do have a lot of jobs. I do have a lot of things I do. I mean, I'm a, my, the newest one is, is being a film director, which I absolutely love because it's the best job in Hollywood. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, I've been a screenwriter. I've been a TV writer. I've been a stand-up comic. I've published novels. But really, I am my dog's mom. So maybe that's, maybe that's how I should explain it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've got to start there then. You opened the door. we got to talk about our superstar boy, Tucker. What's he up to? And, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. He's just the best dog in the world. I mean, you know, his story is great. He's one of the stars of Muffin Top, a love story. And actually, everybody in the movie completely agree. I mean, David Arquette, Dottmarie Jones, Tony Winner, Marissa, Jarrett Winoker, Maria Benford, all these wonderful actors we all agree that we're wonderful actors and that Tucker is a star. He just, he just is, you know, he just has that luminous presence that only the greats have, the Cary Grants, the Marilyn Monroe's. He's just, you know, he just, the camera eats him up and, and he's, he's adorable. But his story is funny because he, he's a rescue. And he was actually rescued by my stepdaughter, who runs a rescue in Denver called Life is Better Rescue. And he and three siblings were eyes closed, newborn pups left in a cardboard box for dead. Not a good story, that, that part, but 
she was contacted by the Denver Municipal Shelter who said, we don't have the manpower to bottle feed these puppies. What can you do? And she had a lactating German shepherd who had just weaned her pup. And she went to that German shepherd and said, hey, remember that crazy night at the Sigma Chi house? (laughs) You got more puppies. What do you mean? And this dog did. And that's how Tucker and his siblings stayed alive. You know, for those of us who love animals so much it's it's that story of you know really creative rescue and how we can we can do right by them when someone has done so wrong by them absolutely and and you know we always uh, talk about how animals have a purpose have a purpose in our lives there's a reason they come into our lives and little did you know i'm assuming that he would become uh this rescue pup that you guys thought you were rescuing all of a sudden be the superstar of uh of movie uh stage and screen yeah Well, he's really wonderful in Muffin Top. I mean, you know, and granted, you know, I'm in the film and he plays my dog, so he's had he's done some research on the role. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a stretch for him, you know. Like um, he wasn't playing like a serial killer slash golden puppy. But the guy, we we had the film certified by Animal Humane because, of course, given that my husband wrote the book A Dog's Purpose, we are very much we would want any animal on our set to be treated humanely. So, of course, we wanted the film to be certified. And the the person who came from American Humane said he actually, that Tucker was as good of a working dog in terms of doing whatever it was we had asked him to do within a give and take, as well as any, you know, Hollywood-bred dog, even though he comes from, you know, sketchy background and we have no idea what he's made of, but... He lived up to um, to the demands of being a movie star on the set. There you go. And there, there wasn't any, uh, for his film role, there wasn't any formal uh, training or professional trainer on set or anything? This oh, was there? not on set. Although a wonderful woman named Dina Zafiris, who actually now trains dogs to detect cancer, which is an amazing thing. They actually can do it was his trainer and, and he was actually very well trained and, and he has to do a number of stunts in Muffin Top, a love story because, you know, my character in the film is she's been trying to get pregnant via IVF and she's put on all kinds of weight. And then she finds out that her husband who's played by Dietrich makes a wonderful villain has knocked up his younger, thinner coworker played by Haley Guff and wants a divorce. So she's left with, you know, no marriage and a muffin top. And Tucker plays the dog who she adopted around the same time, and he kind of becomes her baby substitute. And so at one point in Muffin Top, she's carrying Tucker in a baby Bjorn. And that took some serious training because a dog does not naturally want to ride in a baby Bjorn. It's, <laughs> it's not uh, something that he would have normally looked forward to, with the exception of the fact that I took two months. I would just lie with him on the bed. I would put him in it, which he didn't like. And then I would just feed him like a constant stream of treats. And so he began to get really excited about the baby Bjorn. Like to him, it was just, you know, the short road to chicken. So like he was all over that thing. So anytime he would see it, he would get really psyched. So by the time we shot the scene, he was very excited to get in the baby Bjorn. Like he knew that that meant like a lot of chicken was on its way. <laughs> I love how they, how they associate certain things. Like, I really don't want to do this, but okay, chicken. Yeah, it sounds yeah. good. Sort of like, no, yeah. I, had, I still have the prop, and I had to hide it because, like, if he sees it, then he really gets pretty excited. <laughs> you know, going to get a lot of chicken. <laughs> there you go. It's sort of like being invited to a dinner party. you got to find out what kind of wine cellar they have before you attend. Exactly. Or <laughs> yeah. 
Well, tell us, uh, Muffin Top, the movie, a uh, love story. Yeah. Muffin Top, a love story. Now, this is, you wrote the script for it. You directed it. You starred in it. I mean, was this your first time of doing all the many hats in a movie? Well, no, because I've, my whole career in Hollywood, I've, I've had a number of hats. I've always worked as an actress. I have been lucky to write on a lot of television shows. But Bruce and I, my husband, Bruce Cameron, we actually, we co-wrote the screenplay together, but it was adapted from a novel that I had, HarperCollins, published in 2004 that I had written. And, you know, it was an independent production, but we were able to get an amazing cast because we wrote the screenplay that, that people were really excited about because it's about how crazy women are made in this society by the images that we see in the media. We have, there really isn't a woman alive that I've ever met who feels completely comfortable with how she feels about her body. It's like an epidemic. And it's it's frustrating because it's especially prevalent in young girls. And of course, they're at the peak of loveliness. And even then, they feel insecure about their bodies. And the message of the film is that you need to learn to love yourself now, not five pounds from now, because life is happening now. And that has really resonated with women. It's been very popular. It's been running on stars all summer. It uh, has a 92% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of astonishing. It's won a bunch of awards, and then it premieres on Netflix August 30th. And what's been really gratifying about it is that women just really... We did a, a huge tour when the film first came out. We went all over the country doing premieres of the film, and... Everywhere we would go, women would say, oh, Muffin Top is me. That's me. This movie is me. Like, I, that's my story. Or I relate to that. And um, a lot of the premieres that we did, Marissa Jarrett Winoker, who won the Tony for Hairspray, is in the film. And she plays one of my best friends in the film. And we're close friends in real life. And it was really gratifying for both of us to meet all these audience members who were just, like, so happy to see someone telling their story in a funny way and in an optimistic way because at the end of the movie, this the character that I play really does get to a more authentic, sort of self-loving place. And that was really fun. That was really exciting. And I think it was, was it your uh, sort of overall goal to not only entertain and have fun? It's, it's very funny. You do a great job with it all the way around. It's very funny. Loved you in the role and love Tucker, of course. But did you have an <laughs> underlying goal of saying, okay, we want to make this fun, entertaining, lively, but yet put this underlying message in there to really get it out that, hey, all women are beautiful. You don't have to be a certain size. We really care. Everybody in the cast cared about that. And, and it was a huge reason why they came on board. You know, people like Retta, who, you know, spent a lot of time on red carpets, on Parks and Rec, and she is a gorgeous, curvy woman, and in our social media climate, she has endured some body shaming, and Mm -hmm. that makes her really mad, you know, and then Maria Bamford, who's in the movie, who's been very out about her own struggles with anorexia. Marissa Jarrett-Wanoker, who I mentioned, you know, who came to stardom in Hairspray, which is a story of a a heavy girl who gets the guy. You know, I mean, like Mm -hmm. everybody, Kate Arquette, who has a young daughter who doesn't want her to have those kind of feelings. Pretty much everybody that was in the movie had really strong feelings about this topic and was part of why Haley Goff is another one, because, you know, she and her sister basically grew up in the spotlight. They went through adolescence in the glare of cameras and had a really strong feeling about that whole 
body shaming thing that happens that we're known as good enough. So that was really cool is that the whole cast had a really strong feeling about the message of the movie. So that was fun. Yeah. And I think you guys did a great job with it. You know, the message came through loud and clear, but you weren't beating anybody over the head with it. You know, it's, no, it's, it's funny. It's just meant to be funny. You know, I mean, I don't like movies that feel like medicine. You know, where it's like, oh, it's so good for me. You know, like, oh, this is just pure funny. You know, I mean, pretty much everyone, like, I think a lot of people's favorite scene in the movie is that my character is desperate to lose weight and would do anything. And she goes to a crazy Beverly Hills nutritionist played by Gary Anthony Williams, who is a brilliant comedian. He's actually going to be in the upcoming Ninja Turtles movie, which is pretty funny. He plays one of the turtles. But um, he's a very, very funny guy. And he is a large man and he plays a very judgmental Beverly Hills nutritionist who insists that he's at his ideal weight. And especially when he's actually lost weight since the movie was made, but when the film was, when Muffin Top was made, he, he was, you know, a substantial human being. And like, it's just hilarious to watch him just literally becoming almost physically ill in contemplating my fat. And yet he's so much heavier than my character. And I think for a lot of women, that represents the hypocrisy that we face every day is that, you know, some guy with like his beer belly spilling over his no fat chicks belt buckle is judging us. And it's like, really? Really? <laughs> and of course, he's giving you all this great advice on while sitting on an exercise ball. So. Yes, yes. He's sitting on an exercise He's spilling over onto an exercise <laughs> ball, which barely contained him as he's telling me these horrible things that I should do to lose weight. Yes. I love the Botox lips scene personally. That was that was my favorite. That was that was classic. Yeah, yeah it's right. classic. It's, it's fun. So everybody, make sure they keep an eye on that. So Muffin Top Love Story still run. It's been run on Stars. It's going to be out on Netflix August thirtieth. So everybody, make sure you yep. get that. Tune in, chime in, and uh, follow along. Give your input, and definitely enjoy the show. So it's going to be uh, exciting for everyone. So everybody, uh, hang tight. We're going to come right back after this commercial break. Continue our conversation with Catherine Michon. Uh, right after these messages, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio, positively possum. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I'm here with the wonderfully talented Catherine Michon. And we're 
We're talking to her a little bit about movies and screenwriting. And you have this little bitty movie coming up with your uh, writing partner oh, slash yeah. husband, uh, DreamWorks yeah. movie called A Dog's Purpose, which we all love and know. And, of course, Bruce is a, a good friend of ours, good friend of mine, and has helped me out along the way. Tell us a little oh, bit about what's going on with A Dog's Purpose and uh, well, how it was writing that. It's very exciting. You know, Lassa Hallstrom, who is an Oscar-nominated director, one of my favorite directors, he directed Chopla, and he directed Cider House Rules, which is a movie that I just love, uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He's just an amazing director. He is directing A Dog's Purpose. He directed Hachi, sorry, uh, Richard Gere, which yes. is another movie about a dog. It's a beautiful movie. And, you know, studio movies take longer to make than independent movies. You know, Bruce mm-hmm. wrote the book, published the book in 2010 and A Dog's Purpose became an instant hit. It was it debuted on the New York Times bestseller list. It was on a list for 52 weeks. You know, it was a big, big book and before it had even come out we had sold the rights to DreamWorks. Gavin Pallone is the producer of the film and he's a longtime Hollywood animal advocate very sincere about animal rights. He's done a lot of amazing work in that and uh, he's a good friend of ours personally and we were so excited that he wanted to produce the film. But it, it has taken six years and we, we wrote the screenplay a long time ago, but and then you know subsequently there have been revisions that we're all happy about, and we start shooting in uh, two weeks in Winnipeg. Dennis Quaid is playing Ethan, and I'm so excited about that because he's an actor I love. And Peggy Lipton is playing Hannah, which is mm-hmm. so great. I just think that's a lovely piece of casting. And Britt Robertson is playing the younger version of her. And anyway, it's just like really wonderful cast, amazing director. Gavin, who is is producing, has produced so many great movies and TV shows. He's the executive producer of Curb Your Enthusiasm. He produced Zombieland. He's just produced a lot of really great stuff. So we're just, it's a dream come true, a DreamWorks dream come true, but it's weird because it's been going on in our lives for six years. So I think the people first hearing about it are like, oh, it's going to be a movie. It's like, yeah, we've been working on this for a while. But yeah. yes, now it's happening. So that's really exciting. It is. It is. I'm very excited for you guys. And I, yeah, I do remember having Bruce on, uh, on the show uh, many years ago and this came out. And I think every time I've had him back on the show, I brought it up. And so yeah. it's great to see it come to life. And I know it takes a long time. And, and I was teasing Bruce just the other day that what better star could they pick to sort of resemble Bruce Cameron than Dennis Quaid? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's they, they actually do look alike. They do sort of look alike, funny. don't they? <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and I think a, a big part of what has happened, and this is just a huge honor, is that, you know, Steven Spielberg became very much a promoter of this project, and I think, and this is as it should be at DreamWorks, I think when Steven comes on board and, and has a lot of passion for something, that's when you know, the wheels start to spin faster, and he, you know, loves the book and the story and is deeply involved in the production, and so that's, I think, for a lot of people... And this is, and DreamWorks has said this, you know, they kind of have gone down some different paths as a studio and they very much want to get back to the core of being the studio that made E.T., you know, like they really want to get back to that brand of a movie that everyone in the family can truly enjoy, not a movie that you go to because your kids are begging you, but a movie that everybody goes to and truly loves. And, And I think A Dog's Purpose is so that movie, you know, it's just such a beloved book. 
and people from Alice Walker who wrote The Color Purple to Temple Grand and like all these people mm-hmm. who have embraced this book and, and said what the story of a dog's purpose really does for people is it allows them to understand how their lives are so short, right. dogs. And you wonder why would you sign up for that because it's going to have pain in it. But the story of a dog's purpose, because it's told from the point of view of the dog, helps you to understand that that relationship continues mm-hmm. beyond this life and that the love that you have with your dog never really dies. And um, for me, just as a reader, as the first reader of A Dog's Purpose, Bruce wrote the book when I was very hard grieving the loss of the only dog I'd ever had. And I was very reluctant to open my heart to another dog. And he really wrote the book in some ways for me because he wanted, and that's why he dedicated the book to me, he wanted me to understand why it is worth it to open your heart again and adopt another dog and that it doesn't take away what you had with your other dog, but that allowing a dog into your heart makes you a better person in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a brilliant book, and, and Bruce's messaging is fantastic. We love all the stuff that he does, and he's a kind of an okay kind of guy, too, so we're big yeah. fans of Bruce <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to ask you then, well, first of all, i got to ask, what about the cameos? Is there cameos? You, Bruce, Tucker? What, what, you, oh, can you gosh. leak any of that out? <laughs> You know, it's funny. It'll be such a joy for me to be on a set and not be in hair and makeup. And I'm really, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to just being there as a screenwriter and also as a director to get to observe someone who, at that caliber of directing. So that's really my focus on this. I think, you know, I, I have another movie coming out next year called Cook Off with mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy. I'm, I'm really happy that I get to work as an actress. But on the side of a dog's purpose, I'm excited to just be the screenwriter, you know. I mean, if they run out of extras, I'll run around in the background. I'll do anything on a film set to make everything happen. <laughs> but that, I'm not. I'm not there to try to be in the movie. I just want to help it to be the best movie they can possibly be. And I'm. I'm actually also really excited because Gavin Cologne, who I mentioned, who's the producer of the film, we're also partnering with him on Bruce's newest book, which just I know he was just on your show came yeah. out to talk about the Dog Master, right. which is the story of the first dog thirty thousand years ago. How did a wolf? someone who is a predator who would kill us become our partner and our friend. And Gavin and Bruce and I are partnering to turn that book into a pretty much a Game of Thrones level series because it's going to take place 30,000 years ago when there were bears the size of school buses who could run 50 (laughs) miles an hour. Like Jurassic World, we think, oh, there were dinosaurs and then there were the cute animals that we know now. It's like, no, in the Paleolithic period, there were there were monsters in Europe. There were giant lions. There were woolly mammoths. There were these huge, huge creatures. And we as humans were failing. Neanderthals were bigger and they had bigger brains. And we, because there was an ice age happening, we'd been forced out of the trees. And it really was only the fact, and this is backed by, you know, archaeological evidence, that we formed this cooperative relationship with wolves that they became our weapon for defending us against these predators and then for hunting so that we could survive. So, you know, as you said before, we think we rescue dogs, but really in the sense of our whole species, they rescued us. You know, we wouldn't be here but for them. 
That's right. That's right. So it goes all the way back into time, and you're absolutely right. They do continue to try to rescue us and, and help us and get us on our purpose and path in life. So uh, they do a great yeah. job of that. Well, when I, uh, before I let you go, I want to ask you a little bit about screenwriting in general. You know, we have obviously yeah. lots of authors, which you are a, a famous uh, bestselling author as well. But walk us through sort of the Reader's Digest version of, of screenwriting. How do you come up with an idea, put it down on paper, get a, a television uh, production company or a network or a movie network to uh, be interested in it? What's that whole process? Because as you mentioned, even with The Dog's Purpose, well, it's a six-year I mean, I'm, journey. Well, I'm much more I, I'm much more to offer on the creative side. I mean, business like all businesses is, is mysterious and sometimes things happen and sometimes things don't and I think for writers it's so much wiser to focus on the creative to focus on why why would you want to write a screenplay not who's going to make my screenplay because when you start writing for the marketplace mm-hmm. that's not when you do your best writing when you do your best writing is I have a story to tell that I think needs to be told in the medium of filmed entertainment and I don't think anyone else can tell this story the way I can. That's when you know you have something that you should write into a screenplay. And, and for me, the best screenplays, what's different about it than a novel, though novels make great screenplays, when they're adapted that way is, is that the visual is as important as the verbal. You know, movies are pictures. That are moving, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you really need to have, as the screenwriter, you need to play that movie in your head. You can't just focus on, you know, the dialogue or the text because where that dialogue is happening and what the people are doing and what the light and what the environment and what the the visual of of the story you're telling is as important as the words, which really the audience never hears your description; they only hear the dialogue. So your description in a screenplay is what you're telling the director and the other artists, the scenic designers and the costume designers and the director of photography, everybody, what you're telling them about the world that they're going to create for you. So it's, a, it's much more collaborative than writing a novel or a short story or anything that's prose related or even a play. You need to have that whole group of people in your mind. You need to think, what am I telling the costume designer? What am I telling the people who will do hair and makeup? What am I telling the music supervisor and the composer and all these people? It's a very collaborative medium. So that's what I love about it. And that's why I love directing. But it's a very different discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And the process, I mean, I'm assuming that in some fashions, actually writing it down sometimes takes a short period of time. Other times it takes many years, similar to what you're doing with a novel. Well, I think that also once you, if it starts to become a production, Muffin Top was an adaptation of a novel that I wrote that is very different than the novel that I wrote. And we did 43 drafts of it by the time we began principal photography. That's, that's not like we did a draft and then we put in some commas and then that was a new draft. I'm talking about big revisions, scenes mm-hmm. gone, new scenes in, like, you know, big rewrites. So it's 43 rewrites. I think, I think people always underestimate how much rewriting goes on in screenplay writing because, you know, it's not like a novel. Maybe it's 100 pages long and, you know, you think, oh, well, that's a pretty simple document, but so much changes once you, you start to get into the place of actually making the project. Very good. I love that. I mean, it's it's just fascinating to me how you can actually uh, have to visualize it. And like you said, making sure every little component's in place because you have a lot of different players that you have to sort of direct yeah. 
down a certain path. Yeah. Well, out of all the wonderful things that you do, are there some that you find to be easier than others? Is sort of uh, you got that one down pat, or are there some <laughs> that are more challenging? Oh, I wish. I wish I had anything down pat. I, I, I say that one of my best qualities as a as a film director, I can speak to that, is you know a director spends their day making decisions. You are the person who gives the final decision on a lot of things all day long. And a large percentage of the time I'm wrong. And what I'm best at is seeing very quickly how I was wrong and then letting everyone off the hook and saying, okay, I'm, I'm making a different decision because I think we can all see that's not working. As opposed to needing to prove that the decision that I made was right and torturing everyone when something is clearly not working. And I think maybe it's easier for a woman than it is for a man, although very few women are allowed to direct feature films. Uh, right. Obviously, I think more of them should be. But I think that that's a great quality in a director, is to say, okay, we tried that, not really happy with it. We're going to do it this way now. And then the other thing is also hiring really amazing people and pretty much following their lead, you know, you cannot possibly be an expert in all of the things that it takes to make a film. You can't even have a working knowledge of all of the things that it takes to make a film. But you can turn to your gaffer and say, I'm not sure that should be that bright. And then she, I'm not from top, I had a female gaffer, very unusual. She can say, well, what you don't know about this is that because we chose this lens, we need to overblow this. So here's what it's really going to look like. And you're like, great. I'm so glad I asked. I'm so glad you know. And we'll do what you say. There you go. So it's everything from writing the script, the screenplay, is a collaborative approach in, in a lot of cases, yeah. and all the way up through directing it and actually getting it out there. Yeah. So it takes a I team. mean, my, my background is that I was, my first professional job was at the Second City in Chicago, mm-hmm. and everything that I was taught there was about collaboration and, and the gift of other people's creative input, and that's how I've lived as an artist, and that's how I create. And it doesn't get any better than uh, proving grounds of Second City. That's for sure. I've been there many a times as in the audience. And it always amazes me. Yeah, so. it's fun, right? Yeah, it is. It's totally fun. It's a uh, flabbergasting to see how quick and light on your feet uh, you have to be. <laughs> yeah, that's my home team. Well, Catherine, where can people find out more about you and all the wonderful stuff you've got going on? Yes. Well, they they could go to KatherineMichon.com. But probably easier to remember MuffinTopMovie.com, where there's all kinds of information about the film and then about me and things I'm doing. I'm proud of that movie, and I'm excited that it's going to come to Netflix where so many more people will see it. And that's August 30th, which is just around the corner. August, that's right, August 30th. Everybody get it in your queue if it's not already in your queue or stand in (laughs) front of your favorite retail center and then make sure you get a copy of that. It's a Muffin Top, a love story. You're going to love it. It's great. You did a great job with the movie, Catherine. I I love all the stuff that you do, and I keep bugging Bruce. I'm looking for my uh, red carpet invite to A Dog's Purpose. If you got any extras, we'll uh, send them our way. Well, fantastic! If we do have extras, we'll be happy to send one. I, I hope I hope they don't like. I hope they let us go. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it may be so popular, you may be waiting in line. You never know. You never know. Yeah. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. Excited about everything you're doing, and good luck and keep up the great work. Oh, thank you, Tim. This is really delightful. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. 
Files. I'd like to thank our sponsors and producers for making this show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show, you can go to PetLifeRadio.com and click on the Animal Rights icon. You can download the episodes and listen to your heart's desire, delight, however you want to put it. Great stuff out there. While you're there, make sure you check out all the other wonderful uh, hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio. That's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, an article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.